Hi, I'm Atif Saeed, CEO of the City of Philadelphia Department of Aviation, and you are listening to Taking Off with PHL, where we take you behind the scenes of the Philadelphia International Airport and the Northeast Philadelphia Airport. Air service development is imperative to retain our existing routes, increasing frequency of flights to certain destinations, and to bring new routes to our airport. Joining me now to discuss our air service program and to talk about some new exciting additions at PHL is Edgar Vesta, Director of Air Service Development. Edgar, welcome. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me. Atif, thank you so much for inviting me and for having me here. This is an honor. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely great to have you here. Edgar, let's start with our conversation. We're talking a little bit about you, your professional journey, and what has led you to your current role here at Philadelphia International Airport as Air Service Development uh, Lead for the organization. I am an immigrant from Colombia, as you can tell by my accent. When my family uh, migrated to uh, Texas, uh, I was able to pursue my schooling and I started my uh, career on actually international health. My affinity for travel, I think, started at that point, even though I had a long career in healthcare, where I was traveling over 60% of the time abroad. I was uh, visiting different uh, healthcare systems and trying to create different opportunities. And I was able to really uh, put into practice my language skills and I was able to help people. But with that said, I think uh, the airports became my second home in a sense, uh, you know, besides the hotels. But uh, that was something that really uh, caught my attention. Uh, the same thing happened when I worked in Chicago and New York. I think one of the things that I saw the commonalities on the customer service, the experience that were really kind of synergistic for me to, you know, uh, go from one industry, healthcare, into a different industry, which is this industry. I also remember when we were little kids, we used to go to the airport in Bogota where the coffee was free for everyone at the Air Force. And then we used to go with my dad and my mom and we would watch all the planes take off and do everything the, airport, the airplanes do. And the funny part was we saw the Jumbo for the first time and that was so exciting. So I think that was really the passion that really created for me to join the airport, the Philadelphia International Airport. It's a fantastic story. This is uh, such a common occurrence for folks to catch the bug, so to speak, when they're young. And that going through a career, they find an opportunity to be able to come into the airport world with their transferable skills that you very well articulated here and for the benefit of the community and the airport. So it's a win-win for everybody involved. Well, we are very excited to have you here and be part of the team. Let's talk a little bit about the program itself. So you inherited a program that had been highly successful leading up to the pandemic, which obviously predates both you and I in this organization, at least. Can you tell our listeners what our connectivity looked like before we started to experience the impact of the pandemic? Absolutely. Uh, I think one of the things I was most proud to join the airport was to know that, uh, you know, back in 2019, the airport had a big milestone. Over 33 million passengers came through the airport. That was fantastic. And it was the, the amount of the quality of the work and the knowledge here, uh, best to none. Uh, we are an American airline hub. Uh, at the time, 76% of the flights were American Airlines. We had an average of 475 daily flights, 239 destinations, and 37 of those were international. Uh, I can tell you Orlando and Atlanta were the top two domestic uh, destinations, and Cancun and London uh, were the two international ones. And cargo was also thriving uh, with about 697,000 tons uh, of cargo. So a strong regional connectivity, very good reputation, 
I mean, things were going really, really well. Now, as uh, as they say, everything uh, has a tendency to change eventually, and we were uh, dealt a card that probably nobody saw, definitively nobody saw, and arguably was the darkest period in the aviation industry for everybody involved, all our business partners, including the airlines. Can you talk a little bit about the impact of the pandemic and how things have recovered since then to date? Atif, that's uh, such a great question. I can tell you, I remember when I was told, two weeks, go home, you'll come back in two weeks, but we none of us uh, really realized what's coming ahead, connectivity came to a halt. I think especially for Philadelphia International Airport, because we are, you know, the largest transatlantic connector here uh, with American Airlines. And, they, you know, knowing that we had 33 million passengers in 2019, and then the following year, we only had 11 million. That's one third of the number of passengers. So that was really uh, tough. And I can tell you, uh, leadership at the airport went above and beyond, help everyone. Uh, they took care of the diversity and the teams and everyone here. So that's, that speaks quite a lot. We went from having 475 average daily flights to only 218. That's less than half. And you know, people were not traveling. Uh, so the number of passengers really, you know, like I said, went down to 11 million. Uh, the good thing, uh, a tip, what I mentioned, in 2019, we had 475, then we went to 218. But I can tell you during the summer today, we're going to be at 378. So that's good news in the way of the recovery. The other things to note uh, is that, uh, for example, American Airlines retired their A330s, their 767s, their 757s. And when they retired those, they were hoping to replace them with the new technology with the A321XLR. Unfortunately, uh, this is not only American, but all different airlines are dealing with the backlog of deliveries for the planes. American thought that maybe beginning of 2024, then it was summer 24, and now it's going to be later that they were going to get those planes. So it's a work in progress, but I can tell you right now we have been able to recover 75% of the daily flights. We were able to recover 27 of the 37 international uh, routes. And I think one differential for us is that we had been able to create, in partnership with the airlines, more seat capacity, what they call up gauge. So when you look at the numbers uh, today, we're actually only down 16%. And that's good news because we're able to provide more access to more passengers to travel you know, to different destinations. So, you know, it has been a process and it's going to take a little time. And to your point, uh, both in terms of equipment and personnel, you know, airlines had to do what they had to do to get through uh, the pandemic as a business. And, you know, we, we feel very strongly that American Airlines will be committed to Philadelphia Airport and the transatlantic connectivity and excited excited to uh, see as these planes come uh, into service, uh, how that connectivity is restored. So great job throughout the pandemic, maintaining those relationships. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the pandemic and impact of the pandemic. We know our lives have changed tremendously after the pandemic. I'm just curious to know from air service perspective, what are some of the behavior changes, consumer behavior changes that you've noticed? What are some of the trends that you're seeing that are different from how people traveled previously? Yes, I, I think behaviors for all of us, including myself, have changed. I think uh, the pandemic really uh, helped us kind of re-examine what our priorities are or where. Many of us had what we call bucket lists 
uh, many of them include travel to exotic destinations. So there is a big appetite right now for travel. Unfortunately, you know, supply and demand, what I mentioned, no enough pilots, no enough planes. So we are seeing really busy hallways and a busy airport because we are pretty much at top capacity. And that trend continue, will continue for the rest of the summer. And I think as time goes by, we'll realign. Uh, the other important point to note is that the business warriors, the people that will go and go to meetings and all uh, the different conferences, you know, are modifying their behaviors. So perhaps they used to travel and spend two nights in Philadelphia to go to a conference. But what we're seeing now is that they are coming to Philadelphia not for two nights, but maybe three nights because they're adding an extra night to just go see the landmarks, to go meet some friends or, uh, you know, do different things that are more on the personal. So a new word has been coined called leisure, which is the mix of business and leisure. So leisure, you're going to see this for the rest of our lives. I don't think those behaviors will change that much. Uh, so those are part of the behaviors and trends. And we're also keeping an eye on the return to work of people that are working partly remotely uh, when they go back to their offices and how they will continue to travel to meet partners. I can tell you when you are looking at business development, it's hard to develop business from your desk. So this is the part where people have to travel, meet one-on-one and be able to develop and nurture relationships. Yeah, it's amazing how uh, the pandemic has changed the dynamics uh, of travel. And, you know, that kind of touches the entire ecosystem of uh, travel, both airport and aviation, but also within the communities from convention centers to hotel bookings and so on. Such an interesting trend. Uh, really curious to see what happens in coming years and if, uh, if things remain this way or change. So, Edgar, looking ahead, what are some of the connections that we can expect to see at PHL? What are some new markets and regions that you have your eyes set on? Obviously, I understand and respect the fact that a lot of these conversations are not public and the commitments are not finalized. So we have to be mindful of that. But whatever you can share as to what we can we can expect in the future. No, no, absolutely. I think one of the things that we really were able to come uh, and evaluate with the group is that we need to regain what we had before the pandemic. So we're working very diligently to, you know, we're still missing about 10 international routes. How do we go about getting those uh, routes and how soon can they be implemented? I think that's important because I can tell you the load factors of the amount of people traveling to those routes was pretty high. We know that we do not have connectivity at this point to Asia, to Africa, and Central America. So we're focusing efforts to be able to connect the community. We are so vibrant. Our catchment area, which is the area where we know people will come to this airport, uh, is grown. So we used to have about 8.2 million on the catchment area. We're up to 8.5. There's a big diversity. Uh, so we know that there's uh, people from the Caribbean moving here, people from Europe, people from South America. So this is going to make us strong because also it's going to help the domestic market. Our cargo expansion, of course, is going to help with some of the belly cargo for the passenger uh, flights. And I think one of the things that I, I always keep in mind and I keep reminding people, Philadelphia is at the center of so many things. I mean, we were the first capital of the United States. And in 2026, we're going to be celebrating the 250th anniversary of the signage of the American independence. That's humongous because it took place here. To top that with FIFA, uh, you know, I'm from Colombia, so soccer is so important to us and the rest of the world. Uh, we're going to be one of the 11 cities hosting the games. So that's also 
big for Philadelphia. The games are going to be played before and after 2026 as well. We're going to have the Major League Baseball, the All-Star Game Test, also huge, the PGA Championship. I could bore you to death if I tell you all the activities that are coming. Uh, 2027, we just heard a few weeks ago, Bio, the largest life science conference. We are a city of education, medicine, and life sciences. It's going to be here in 2027. So those are the things that we're working towards to be able to connect, not only for 2026, but beyond. And I think the, the, the big announcement that I'm so proud, like keep running through the hallways telling everybody we had Lisbon, Portugal, and Barcelona, Spain, as a seasonal route for many years. And it came back after the pandemic, but we had partnered to make this a year-round destination. So for all of you that hear this podcast or have friends and families and relatives and you want to go during the winter to Lisbon and Barcelona, I can tell you these are very good places to go. The dollar is very strong. You go a long way by visiting there during the winter and it's not as crowded. So more to come. That's fantastic. I mean, you know, being a transatlantic gateway to the for American Airlines and having that connectivity is just phenomenal and such a great partnership. But having connectivity as a large community to Africa, Asia, and Latin America is still critical for us as well. So great to hear that you're working on that. And the excitement around 2026 is just unbelievable. The opportunity that is so big. And for us to expand our foot internationally, it's such a great opportunity for us to do that and open those doors for those communities to be able to come back and forth and do business with our community and our region. So great uh, to hear all of that. Now, that's like big picture uh, international footprint, but there's also stuff happening at local and regional level. So one exciting addition recently announced is the introduction of Landline. And uh, that's a partnership between a bus company called Landline and American Airlines. And TSA was kind enough to uh, modify certain protocols and do a pilot for them to be able to move between two airports uh, through secure busing systems so they don't have to go through TSA checkpoints here at PHL. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about the program and, and what opportunity you see there? I always tell people Philadelphia is the city of milestones, and this is a milestone for the industry. July 11, we had the press release that really talks about the connectivity at the regional level. And I'm just going to give you an example of how this will work. Uh, we're partnering with three different airports uh, and locations, Lancaster, Atlantic City, and Allentown. Let me give you the example of this TSA pilot program, which is connecting Allentown to Philadelphia and connecting Atlantic City to Philadelphia. I can go into the American Airlines website and I can put, I'm leaving from Allentown and I want to go to Amsterdam. And automatically the website will give you the connector. So Primo saying, leaving Allentown via landline uh, at this time, it takes about an, an hour and 15 minutes to connect with Philadelphia. And then you come to the secure side, your luggage is already pre-screened, you are already pre-screened, you have the boarding pass, and you just come into the secure side of the airport and just walk to your gate that will connect you to Amsterdam or to wherever you're going. So that's fantastic. You're saving time. We're taking cars out of the BC highways, and um, pretty much it's a system that is already have proven results. Uh, it launched back in 2022, and we had already been able to uh, facilitate 26,000 passengers. And I think that's huge. There's more to come. I think this is going to be the way of the future. Philadelphia has so many 
people that want to travel from the catchment area, from the area between an hour from here. And this will be beneficial to be able to add additional connectors. So uh, uh, please uh, let people know that this is a great service. It doesn't cost you that much more. And, you know, uh, stress levels go down. You don't have to worry about having to look for parking. Or uh, One thing that I learned is if the bus, for any reason, were to be running late, it's like being in a plane. It will notify the airline that they need to rebook the passengers into the next flight. So that's amazing. That's really good. Yeah, it just provides a sense of security for the customer. But it's such a win-win. It's win for the customer. It's win for the airlines, for both airports. Environmentally, this is a really environmentally friendly option. So it really is a great program. And uh, I agree with you. There's uh, potential for this to get scaled, not just at our airport, but many other airports that lend themselves for this kind of connectivity, perhaps not for everybody, but many large airports will have the ability to be able to capture regional customers that are otherwise not being able to get to uh, the airport as conveniently as this uh, service would provide connectivity for them. I know that uh, going back towards international travel is an important component, seeing less expedited way to be able to get people processed through, through customs and immigration is important. We've done some technological um, uh, enhancements um, in the recent past with biometrics. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about uh, what we're doing there and uh, what to expect in the future? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we are really keeping an eye on technology and how we can uh, provide a better customer service experience. That's a priority for, for us. Uh, we were able to implement biometrics, meaning the software and the hardware that goes into each one of the gates at the two international terminals. What that means is that now you can just go to the gate and face recognition uh, through the software and the hardware will just look at your face and you don't have to have your passport or your boarding pass, you just go into the plane. What are the advantages of that? The advantage is that it's gonna take about, and we had already received some uh, reports from information technology where we're saving about half an hour on the boarding time. I mean, as a passenger, I want to have my cookies and coffee and whatever else before I board. So this is time for you to be able to really uh, spend doing something else or just relaxing. And for the process of the airlines, you know, uh, the planes will be even, uh, I mean, they're already on time. And uh, that's what I had to tie this, the biometrics. I think it's important for people to know. Uh, there's uh, the large company called Sirium that gets all the data from the airline. And they provide reports every month, every six months. But for the 2022, the past year, Philadelphia International Airport became one of the top five airports for on-time arrivals and departures. Why is this so important? It's important because it was not only for the United States, it was worldwide. So I tell you, that's a big milestone for us as well, that we're able to really welcome you into the airport. Our TSA process is very straightforward, not too much weight. You go into the terminal, uh, have coffee, go to the gym. We just open a gymnasium or do whatever you need to do before you board your plane. But uh, it does give you that uh, process where the system is very accurate and there's adherence. So I think it's uh, putting resources that need to be somewhere else uh, to help and to expedite the, the passenger experience. So 
we're very proud of the technology. I think there's more technology that will be coming. You all hear about, you know, uh, electric cars and all other things. So the airport is pretty much on top of the opportunities to be able to be the destination and the place that people will use to travel, not only at the regional, but domestic and also abroad international. Stig, I mean, being efficient is incredibly important in taking and removing any friction in the travel experience for the passengers is very important. And being ranked among top five in the world for efficiency is certainly a huge achievement for the organization, which we are all very proud of. Uh, Edgar, thank you for joining me today. Uh, this is such an exciting conversation. It really puts things in perspective as to how we've come out of the pandemic and how bright our future looks going forward. I'm truly excited excited to have you on the team and all the great work that you're doing. Unfortunately, that's this is all the time we have for today. Look forward to connecting and talking to you more uh, into the future. Uh, but thank you again for joining me. Oh, my pleasure, Atif. And I always say amazing things are happening in Philadelphia. Please keep an eye and an ear as to all the new developments and the new connectivity. You are going to be very pleasantly surprised. So thank you so much for the opportunity to share. Look forward for growing uh, together and with the community. To learn more about our air service development, please visit ehl.org. I am Atif Saeed. Thank you for listening.